Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Well, the best parts about living in Montana is what's going to happen. For me and for a lot of us over the next couple days, can't wait to get into it. You're listening to Nuanas Now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Wherever you're watching in, statewide television, SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every day from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you want to listen anywhere besides the terrestrial radio or on your television sets, you can go to our website, click on the live stream, 1029ESPN.com. There you'll find the stream presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, 406-361-3688. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We'll be using that a little bit today. we got Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com, coming on um, at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk all things spring football, Grizz and Bobcats. Bobcats are underway just as of a couple days ago. Grizz have been going for a couple weeks. So we'll break down some of the key position battles, some of the big question marks. Uh, we got five big questions for each program, so we'll break down all that as well. That's in the second hour. But in the first hour, all sorts of different things going on. Sean Rainey is going to swing by. He's on his way. He had to go to Grizz football practice uh, because of the logistics and the way this works with the COVID a lockout situation. He had to get back and <laughs> into the state of regards. It doesn't matter. The details are irrelevant. Sean will be here. We're talking NBA trade deadline. We're talking Major League Baseball previewing the a- American League East. We've continued to break down each of the six divisions in Major League Baseball with 
opening day on the horizon next Thursday. Also, our good friend Carolyn, she's going to swing by. We I talked to Carolyn earlier today, so we're actually going to lead the show with that. But that is after we lead the show with this, the big news of the day. Unfortunately, I do not have my computer. You used to see in my MacBook Pro here on the desk, so I don't have my database of tracking all the transfers. I do have good sources when it comes to the NCAA transfer portal. So at SkylineSportsMT.com, we're able to report each and every entry pretty pretty much in real time. Uh, that's a, a huge advantage in, in tracking this crazy environment that exists right now. In Division One college basketball, 925 entries into the portal since the conference tournament's got over. 925 entries. That is an astounding number. 33 from the Big Sky Conference. Yes, right, 33, including... Two huge ones today. Tanner Groves, the Big Sky Conference most valuable player during the regular season and during the Big Sky Conference tournament. He's out. He is transferring from Eastern Washington. He's into the portal. His little brother, Jacob, they stole all the headlines the first day of that tournament on, the, I guess, the first Saturday of the tournament. The Groves bros. There was all sorts of funny memes and all sorts of funny graphics. I think uh, the funniest one I saw was Jackie Moon and Napoleon Dynamite, the comparison of those two guys. But they're great kids. They're fun to talk to. What a spectacular march for their family. They were able to make the run through the Big Sky Tournament. Jacob Groves was an all-conference and all-tournament team selection. Tanner Groves was the, the MVP of the Big Sky Tournament. And then in the NCAA Tournament against Kansas, those two combined for almost 50 points. Tanner Groves scores 35 points, which is the second most ever by a Big Sky Conference player. And Jacob Groves, he scored another 23, and he really kept Eastern in that game. They're both out, out from Eastern Washington. Jacob Davidson, also the preseason league MVP from Eastern Washington, he is also out. So you got four total entries from Eastern Washington. Idaho leads the way with seven entries from the Big Sky Conference in the transfer portal. Northern Colorado has maybe five or six. I have to check my database. But an unbelievable exodus from the Big Sky Conference. We're going to talk with both Sean Rainey and Brooks Nuanas about this phenomenon. What does this mean for the league? Is the worst fear of the coaches in the league coming true? I mean, when the league MVP, who's only a junior, is out, that's it's not a good situation for the league. It's a bad situation. So what we've seen in terms of the trend of this portal uh, existing, as well as the fact that it's a free year. You get a free transfer. It's impacting mid and low major college basketball, and it's specifically impacting the Big Sky Conference, and it's not good. It's This is not good for the league. It's going to be really hard to have any sustainable success. I mean, imagine if Eastern brought all those guys back next year. They could make a real run at winning a tournament game. Instead, they're out. And again, good for those guys. Tanner Groves has scored 35 points against a Big 12 team in Kansas. Bill Self, I was joking, he gave him the recruiting pitch right there on the court. He brought him in, hugged him, talked to him for a couple minutes. And I was saying, man, I wonder if Tanner Groves will be playing the Big 12 next year. I don't know. I think the guy could play in the Big 10. I think he'll play in the Big 12, but I think he'll stay in the Northwest. He might matriculate. And that's the other factor here when it comes to Eastern Washington. Shantae Leggins is one of the most popular coaches in the league. He's out to Portland. So maybe the Groves bros re-emerge with the Portland Pilots. Who knows? But uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think Jacob Davidson is going to follow Shante Leggins. I think he was going to transfer even if Leggins stayed. He did declare his transfer before Leggins made his move. I do think, though, there's a chance for maybe the Groves brothers to land in Portland. There's a chance that Tanner Groves maybe goes to Gonzaga. Uh, we're speculating now, though. I bet you Tanner Groves gets 50-plus offers from across the country, though. He's a real 6'10", with old-school post moves, a high motor, and he can step outside and shoot the three. He hit three. He hit five three-pointers, excuse me, in uh, that NCAA tournament game. So um, he's got skills that are very coveted from 
college basketball teams across the country. So good for him. Good for him for taking the opportunity. His head coach left. They just had a great run. He's going to go see what's out there for himself. He'll land somewhere where I almost guarantee you he's successful because he's a very hardworking kid. But at the end of the day, from a big sky perspective, just from us that cover the league, us that follow the league in Montana and around the state of Montana, around this region, around the Rocky Mountain Northwest, this is really bad for the league. It's a it's a dire situation, and I don't really know how we're going to fix it. So we're going to get into that with Sean Rainey. Uh, we'll also talk baseball, NBA, trade deadline. Brooks, we're going to talk Tanner Groves. We're also going to talk spring football on both sides of the Great Divide, Grizz and Bobcats. So jam-packed full Nuanez now for us today. But first, it's what we do each and every Friday. We welcome in our good friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, presented by the Iron Grizz uh, American Bistro. Had this conversation a little earlier today. Wide-ranging conversation about all sorts of different elements of the uh, wide world of sports as seen through our resident chick who doesn't know sports. Been a couple weeks since we did this. I've been out of town. But it is a Friday. That means that it's time for your favorite segment, The Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports, presented by the Iron Grizz American Bistro. And uh, because it's Friday, this is the sorest I've ever been. I have uh, been hitting the spin classes for the last couple months. That's been good. But if you watch this show, you know that I'm uh, an offensive lineman, not a not a spin goddess. So uh, lifting weights was always one of my favorite pastimes. Haven't done it in about six months. I can't even lift my arms. I could barely sleep last night. <laughs> so sore and I feel so old. Did you work out in the NCAA women's basketball <laughs> weight room? Oh, probably not. <laughs> I don't think you could. I don't think I could even fit in there. I think my basement has more weights than that weight room did. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a bad look. It was a real bad look. So before I go on my rant, I want to know why was this a situation just because of the bubble or was this a situation that has happened? Like when they're playing and they're traveling, what is the weight room situation generally for the women and the men? Um, well, so the, the concept of setting up a weight room in a bubble like this is completely unique to this tournament. Usually the NCAA tournament has, uh, what counted up, um, Eight, 16 tournament sites during the first round. Because eight teams times however many to get to 64 it goes mm-hmm. to different tournament sites. So usually there's a tournament site in Seattle and Spokane and Salt Lake City and San Diego and you know Des Moines and Indianapolis and all these places. So usually you're playing at either a school or uh, you know professional arena. So you get to use... So you have a weight room available. Yeah, right. like, Got it. Okay. Especially in the women's tournament. The women's tournament, the way that they see the tournaments, they really want to have big crowds. So they basically put the top seeds on their home courts or initially. It's a little bit of a disparity in terms of the home court advantage, but it also makes the experience really cool. Yeah. Because like the 16 and 15 seeds for women's basketball usually don't have that big of a following. So it's sweet for those girls to then go to get to play at Notre Dame or at... Yeah, Like totally. when Montana State went a couple of years ago, they had to play at the University of Washington. And it was like a terrible disadvantage because they were playing in front of 12,000 people. That were not their fans. Not their fans. But it was also sweet because they got to play in front of 12,000 people. So in that situation, like Montana State would be working out at Washington's weight room. So So there there would be no disparity. You'd have a great thing. It's just that this was in a bubble. So I was just in Indianapolis. The bubble is crazy. Like this is so beyond like the NBA bubble. The NBA bubble, because they're going to be there for such a long duration of time and they were able to test everybody so often. By the time they got to like the second or third week, they knew they were going to be there for 12, 15 weeks, whatever. So they knew that they could intermingle with each other Mm because it was a safe environment. 
This has been everybody comes to town and you don't know when you're going to lose and have to go home. So it's true isolated lockdown. Every player is fully in their room and that is all. They cannot leave. They cannot talk to their parents. They cannot interact with anybody. So like the hotels that the teams are staying at, it looks like Fort Knox. Seriously, there's security everywhere. Like you you or I could not get in there. We would get arrested if we tried wow. to go in these hotels. It's nuts. So this weight room that like each team would get a chance to go work out, that was the deal? Or were they even working out in between games? That's where the NCAA, I think, failed. Um, I thought it was pretty funny when they were comparing and contrasting the two weight rooms, like the bubble weight room for the guys and the bubble weight yeah. room for the girls. Because you can say, wow, the guys one is so much nicer than the girls. The guys one is still absolutely pathetic compared to what the facilities are like at right. most colleges. Of like it's, it's pathetic for both. I just thought it was a glaring error on the NCAA's part because it was not necessarily because the weight room was not nice. It was just that the symbolism of it was the implication that women don't lift. Actually. Like all they need is like a rubber band and a yoga pad. Well, that, there, that was ridiculous. There's that. But also just in general, the fact that they had like 10 pairs of weights and the yoga mats, that what that doesn't. That's not only the problem. The problem sure. is is that the women deserve to have just as nice of a facility. It's not necessarily about the size of the the weights, but um, I guess Congress is involved now because um, they are investigating the NCAA in um, trying to make sure there's less gaps in general between the two, the female and the male um, sports teams. For sure. Yeah. I think the food is the bigger issue, honestly. The food. I mean, like, the they're serving the women, like, such bad quality food. Like, from the fire Festival type food? <laughs> like, Salisbury steak with mashed oh, potatoes. Yeah. And like, I mean, that doesn't sound that bad. I know, but it just looks like low quality. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like, it's like lunchroom middle right. school food or something. Yeah. Um, while the guys are getting steaks and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they actually are, because I think that they're so isolated. They're probably just getting... Cheeseburgers? Jimmy Johnson on their door as well. Yeah. Well, um, it'll be interesting. I'm glad they they brought attention to it, and um, it'll be an interesting to see. I mean, I guess there probably won't be another bubble situation like this, but no. Um, I mean, the sad, tr- the 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 happy and sad truth of this is that uh, they've been force feeding this tournament the entire time. Because if this tournament doesn't happen, then the NCAA ceases to exist. Many people would cheerlead that because they think the NCAA is a completely corrupt an overreaching organization that should go by the wayside. The point is, though, that the thing that people don't understand is the NCAA is not a legislative body. When the NCAA is enacting rules, they're only enacting rules for their championships. The NCAA exists for one reason and one reason alone, to sponsor championships. That's important because there's only one championship that makes money. The NCAA men's basketball tournament. That's it. There's 31 other varsity sports that make no money. They have to have the NCAA men's basketball tournament to fund everything else. And so that's the reason it's sad is because we've seen the exploitation of these college basketball players to get to this point because they have to have it or the whole structure crumbles. The reason it's good, though, is we're having it. And that means that women's skiing and women's tennis and you know men's rowing and men's diving and all these sports that make $0 that literally lose money every single second that they exist can still exist. And yeah. that's important for college campuses. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. So it is, I don't know. I mean, I think that the whole point of this is the pandemic has put on full display just all of the, the bad parts of college sports and all the bad parts of the NCAA. 
But that said, if we can get out of this, I think that it will, th- this this whole scenario is never going to happen again. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully. Not in our lifetime. Hopefully. Okay, moving on. Um, Tiger Woods update. Okay. Woo, woo, Tiger Woods <laughs> he's, update. He's out of the hospital. He's out of the hospital. He's home. No one really knows what's going on, though. No one's, I mean, he hurt himself, obviously, pretty bad. He's not, I don't think he'll be playing golf again professionally. Really? Yeah. I'm not counting out Tiger. Mark my words. I'm not but counting out Tiger. the big story here is that he doesn't remember getting in the accident. Yikes. He also never hit the brakes. Yikes. And he has a, he used to have a fondness for Ambien, as you may recall. For sure. So not sure if maybe he took some Ambien, he overslept, was still in a fog. You know, we don't really know. He won't go. He won't be charged with anything, I'm well, sure. Well, because they said the toxicology report was clean, right? Mm-hmm. They did. But also Tiger can manipulate anything he wants. It's Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe they didn't test for Ambien. Maybe they just only tested for alcohol. Sure. Right. True. So, I don't know. Anyway, hope he has a full recovery and um, just, be, just glad he didn't hurt anyone. I'm not else. counting him out to never play golf again. I'll tell you that. I'm not saying he won't play golf. I'm, I'm not saying he won't play miniature golf or he won't be on the driving range. I think Tiger Woods will play at a PGA Tour event okay. be, before his before his time is done. Okay. All right. Well, we'll it'll be see. The, it'll be the next chapter to, with this epic story. It's one of the great stories in the history of sports. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you, know, I, you know, I don't hate Tiger anymore. I've forgiven him. Yeah. Um, I'm no, I know he sense, he feels relief from that, I'm sure. Worried about how I personally feel about him. <laughs> I'm sure it's kept him up at night. Maybe that's why he had to take the Ambien. I don't know. But uh, I just hope I I I wish him well. I I do as well. He still remains one of my favorites of all time. Check who doesn't know sports. Listen to Nuanez now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Our resident chick who doesn't know sports, Carolyn, swinging by like she does each and every Friday. Presented by the Iron Grizz, American Bistro. What else you got? Justin Heron. I don't know who this is. What? Yeah. I don't either, but he <laughs> plays for the Patriots. Okay. Played. I don't know. Okay. No, he still plays. Kay. Anyway, he was in Phoenix, in Tempe, and he heard a woman screaming in a park. Okay. And stopped um, an attempted attack on the 71-year-old school teacher. Whoa. And Why isn't she retired? Well, maybe she is retired. I don't know her okay, background. Sure. I, I mean, maybe she's a sub. I don't know. Okay, okay. All that's, I that's know, <laughs> all I know is I don't know what subject she taught mm-hmm. or teaches. Mm-hmm. I just know she was being attacked in a park in broad daylight, and Justin Heron saved her and got this thirty-year-old attacker off of her, and he's a hero. Super cool. I know. And now I just want you to imagine for a minute committing a crime. Not that anyone that listens, whatever, but say you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and a six foot five offensive lineman comes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That'll stop you in your tracks. Yeah, no kidding. That's a a great story. Um, Yeah. So he he, uh, saved the woman and she's forever grateful. And these are the stories I like. I like when 
people do good deeds. Yeah. So totally. Very good. Yeah. Well, that's a that's the first time I think I, that's, that's a cheap shot. First time a Patriots player has ever done anything noble or bold. But, I was hesitant to even share this. I mean, usually it's it like Patriot, I know. Usually but, it's like the Patriots are just every one. I mean, yeah. God. Well, first he Talk stopped about, deflating all the footballs, and then he went <laughs> and saved the girl. It's amazing that the Patriots have been so ridden with player like players with sh- shady pasts, yeah. and they've been involved in so many scandals. And yet, they've this hardly ever been punished by the NFL, and they just keep on going, just keep on rolling. Well, I guess you I get hate one. the Patriots. God, I know, me too. But now I hate the Buccaneers. So I know. Speaking of Tampa, okay, this is a great segue. Thank you. Derek Jeter is okay. trying to sell his Tampa mansion um, for twenty nine million dollars. Now, this is the mansion that Tom Brady lived in when he first moved to Tampa because. He needed a place to crash. Tom Brady was renting from Derek Jeter. Yes. This is too good to be true. Tom Brady felt that this mansion was not private enough because this $29 million mansion, apparently anyone can drive up to. It's not even in a, I guess it's not gated. I don't know. But it's also right on the water. So if you've got a boat, you can just zip on over on your dinghy. Interesting. And say hi to Tom Brady, which I would not do. I, Personally. on my way to Indianapolis this last week, I started reading Larry Bird's autobiography, Drive. And uh, super funny the way he writes because he's just such a, I mean, he's the hick from French Lick. He's just such a simple guy. But he talks about when he first became famous in Boston. And he doesn't know, he's from French Lick, Indiana. He has no idea. He's just like a simple guy who's just good at basketball. And so he buys a house in downtown Boston. He said by the time is like year three, People were coming over his house like every single day. Oh my he God. said his favorite pastime was mowing his lawn. And all of a sudden he couldn't mow his lawn because there would just be a hundred people <laughs> outside his house like asking for his autograph. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. Do you uh, think he mowed his lawn in those short shorts? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's so funny about Larry Bird is like Larry Bird's career was so exceptional for 12 years. And then he completely fell off a cliff. Well, it's because he hurt his back re-graveling his own driveway. Because he, like, he, he literally is just a guy from those sticks who's just like, that. I love working outside. And then he... Blew out his back yeah. from just manual labor. This, this stuff would never happen today, right? Like your right. agent would be like, dude, I'm getting you a landscaper. I'm getting you everything. There, there's no well, way you're mowing yeah. your lawn. I mean, my house is heavily guarded because <laughs> the fans are insane. And it's just embarrassing. You think Tom Brady's ever mowed his own lawn? No. No chance. No. That would ruin his manicure. <laughs> you think Derek Jeter has? No. I don't well, think, maybe no. when he was a kid. Maybe. I don't think I don't think Tom Brady's probably ever mowed a lawn though. No. Definitely never dig, dug a hole or built a fence or No. <laughs> My God. He's no. He'd be like no. He's ruin such his a manicure. Yeah. It's too such good. a girl. Can I say that? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think we can say whatever we want. Okay. Chicken doesn't know sports. Uh, Nuana's now. What else you got? That's all. That's all she wrote. I love it. Great segment, Carolyn. Uh, Chicken Does No Sports, presented by the Iron Grizz American Bistro, located at the University of Montana Golf Course. It's getting pretty nice. Go sit outside, have yourself a beer on the back deck, try some of the Cajun fare. The garden over there is probably going to be rolling pretty soon here as well. Uh, so they have fresh produce that they grow on site there, and uh, they use it in all their salads and their Cajun dishes. And uh, it's a great place. So go check out the Iron Grizz American Bistro at the University of Montana Golf Course today. Listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Are you watching in statewide SWX Montana Television? <laughs> I'm already getting uh, harassed for 
that we led the segment with me. You inspired me. Sean Rainey's here, by the way, from SWX Montana. Hello, hello. Uh, you inspired me. We were talking about working out after the show the <laughs> other day, and uh, I've been hitting my spin classes, but I haven't. I've always really been into lifting weights, and I hadn't lifted for a long time. I just hadn't. I just hadn't done it. And you were talking about you know get back in shape. And we were talking about our workouts and stuff, and so I was like, you know what, I'm a start hitting the weight room a couple three times a week again. Well, I hadn't worked. I hadn't actually done real hard lifting since September, and I went really hard. And now you're dead on two days. Two days, and I, I at, at spin today, I had to use the five pound weights. I couldn't even use the ten or the twelves because I was so sore. Uh, it was it was breaking me. But uh, either way, thanks for the inspiration, my friend. So we have all sorts of stuff to get to. We're going to talk uh, American League East as our Sean Rainey uh, base Major League Baseball previews continue. Uh, we're also going to talk NFL trades. We're also going to talk some NBA trades. But first and foremost, this all hit right before the show started today. There's now 34 players from the Big Sky Conference in the NCAA transfer portal, including the best player, Tanner Groves, the Big Sky Conference regular season and tournament MVP. Guy scored 35 points against Kansas, the second highest total by a Big Sky player in the history of the league in the NCAA tournament. Good for him. That he's going to get a, an elevated opportunity, but this is brutal for the league, right? Oh, 100%. Because what makes leagues like the Big Sky, these mid-major leagues, really good is you get all these players that by the time they become upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, and are really good, that you have some really good talent spread across the league, and then you get really good teams because you have upperclassmen, and then you might have right. better chances when you're going up against some of the Power 5 schools because they're mixed in with where some of their best players are all going to be freshmen. So you have seniors going against freshmen, things like that. That's that's kind of like how it balances out. And you develop the internal rivalries too, right? Like, what yeah, if what if, I, it, what if what if Jabril Bello just took a huge step next year? So then all of a sudden when Jabril Bello at Montana State and, he, and Tanner Groves go against each other, it's a great battle, you know? And, and now that we're just not well, going to see that. Well, my mind went also to like, Damian Lillard and Will Cherry when they were battling sure. it out in Dahlberg. Like, sure. that would have never happened if it was today, probably. Like, they both would have been gone, you know? Like, it's just, uh, it, it's it's unfortunate. We'll, we'll have to see. I don't, this is such a weird year that I don't want to say, I don't want to say that, like, what's happening right now in this year is going to be the standard moving forward. For like, sure. I, I don't think that, I think that eventually, I think there's always trends that come in and out, right? Like, Heck, right now we're in the short shorts and basketball trend. Sure. When a little bit ago it was they had to go past your knees, otherwise right. you were a dork and right. a loser. Right. You know? right. And now we're going short, and I guarantee you, in five to ten years from now, they're going to be past your knees again. Right. That's just how it works. It is true. And I think with the transfer portal, I, I, I think that we're going to get to a point where it's going to be too out of hand, and then we're going to start seeing it come back the other way a little well, bit. Two points. First of all, I agree that this is the the craziest it's ever going to be because it's a zero year. It's a free year. Everybody's getting a free transfer. The NCAA has established this one-time free transfer waiver. But the two parts here are, one, that one-time transfer waiver without a penalty is not just for the COVID year. That's always now. That's a new rule. So you're going to get a one-time transfer. So I think they need to adjust the rule where I thought Jeff Choate, former Montana State head coach, had a good idea. You at least need to put in a stipulation where your one-time transfer, you have to have been at the school you're at for at least three semesters. You can't just have use your one-time transfer because you went to school for a semester and you're homesick and you're 19 and you just you want to go somewhere else. That you should at least give it a chance to see where you're at. That could mitigate it a little bit. The other thing that's been sort of undertold in this whole thing, though, because one side transfers aside, the prevalence of the portal, the prevalence of of guys just wanting to leave their programs, 
the NCAA has become way more liberal about granting waivers as well. It used to be, I was talking to my good buddy Jack McGillis, who's a Hellgate grad. He played at Oregon State for two. Saw him this morning at the gym. Did did he? Saw him hooping at the peak. I'm glad he's still hooping because he's a great, he's a great. He didn't play today, but he has played with us uh, early little 6 a.m. Yeah, 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 6 a.m. hoops. He's trying to get me to get back into it. So I will see. Maybe I make an appearance soon. But regardless, uh, I was with McGillis the other night. We were talking about his, uh, when he was transferring back from Oregon State. Because he, the Oregon State that is now is a far cry from what the Oregon State he was playing. I mean, Jay Johns, that was a train wreck. It was a really bad situation. Everybody there was, I mean, the chemistry in the locker was horrible. They had guys like stealing from each other, stealing each other's wallets and stuff. And Jack was like, dude, I'm just from small town Montana. I just want to go home. So he transferred back to the Grizz. But he was saying that Oregon State blocked his transfers to every school in the in the country except Montana and Montana State. They said, you you're only can go home. That's all. And now... First of all, schools I don't think are allowed to do that at all. I don't think they. I think they can block within the conference, and that's it. I don't think they can block you from if you're going from Texas to you know North Carolina. I don't think they can block that. But the other thing is they're, they've become really liberal with the waiver. So like Kendall Manuel got a waiver. Like we've seen a lot of guys that have transferred, and then all of a sudden they're eligible right away because if the school gives any sort of reason of why maybe like Manuel had gotten hurt, so they said okay. You know, give him the Euro eligibility. Let's go. You know, he, he basically got a medical red shirt on that back end. So that's where it gets so concerning because to me, we're, this is going to decimate the bottom half of the league continuously. Before this whole phenomenon even started, Idaho, when they fired Don Verlin, had eight guys enter the transfer portal, including Cameron Tyson, who I thought was one of the three best freshmen in the league. Well, he's out. They don't have a guy to build around then. Well, okay, so then they hire a, an interim coach. And they've had another. They have another seven guys in the portal right now. So now you're talking about 15 guys in two years when you only have 13 scholarships. That's not sustainable. If if, if the bottom half of the league just has a half of a roster turnover every year, where are you going to be in five years? You're, you're never going to have the opportunity to get better. It's gonna it's gonna break the bottom half of of these small leagues. Not only that, but you're talking about Tanner Groves, Jacob Groves, Jacob Davison, uh, the. Kid from NAU, who I'm blanking on his name for Cam uh, Shelton. Shelton. So that's you know, I, that's, Davidson didn't have the year that he was expected to, but he was preseason MVP so for sure. He, so and yeah, and it's, the hip thing was bu- bugging him. You yeah. could tell, and and he he has the talent to be a top ten player in the league for sure. But those are four like all conference for sure well known dudes. I mean, the preseason all conference team was Cam Shelton. Jacob Davidson and Michael Stedman were all were three of the five guys on the team. Yeah. Those guys all left. Exactly. And then and then you're talking about the the bottom roster issues, but I think there's another part of this too that like you have to. It's now like all the coaches do. They have to before they recruit. They, you have to recruit your own team now before you can no recruit question. anything else and make sure like who's staying. But I think it it creates a, an interesting thing among the players in that now if if they're coming to a level like this. And especially if they feel like they could have gotten, you know, maybe some Pac-12, Mountain West, right. bigger looks coming out of high school, but they for had sure. to maybe, in their mind, settle right. for Big Sky. Their whole goal and mindset coming to a Montana and an Eastern, Montana State, is, hey, I'm just going to try and tear it up for two years, get noticed, so then I could go somewhere bigger, and then I can make it to the league. Because... Even though that's like an irrational statement, and this is something I got to say about a lot of college athletes is, and and you probably know this as well from covering so many of them, is like 
so many of them have a, a very irrational view oh, of oh. how good they are slash like their chances the, of going to the NFL or the NBA. It, it's, it's why it's why women's college basketball is so much more stable because they don't have the women the best women's players don't have this crazy notion. I seriously, this is not an exaggeration. I, what do, I would ask. I want to ask you the percentage. I, I think that probably between seventy-five and eighty percent of the guys that we've covered in the Big Sky Conference think they're going to the NBA. I mean, I mean it's at least it's at least like forty or fifty. I mean, we, and we've that, seen and, and we've only seen, like two percent go. So it's like if, if not that. Even, I mean, how I, many, I mean, there's yeah, been like five guys have gone to the NBA yeah, in the yeah, fifteen years I've covered it. I mean, like like across all. I, of, I'll, yeah, never, all I'll never I'll never forget when when Tyler Hall. There was yeah. the, there's the rule where you can declare early without hiring an agent so you can work out whatever. And Tyler Hall's a professional basketball player. I mean, he's playing in the NBA G League, so he is borderline NBA. Ahmad Rory, mm-hmm. those guys both declared. And and then they ended up coming back to school. They had workouts with teams and they got the valuation. They come back to school. And that's 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 good. That's I think that's healthy to get, you know, they tell you, hey, here's where you're at, here's what you need to improve on. Go have a good senior year, we'll work you out next year. And both those guys are playing pro basketball, so that's cool. But I remember when that happened, Devontae Kleins. Uh, from Montana State, and um, oh, who was it? Somebody from Weber State. Two guys that don't even start at their teams in the Big Sky also declared for the NBA draft. It's like, what? I, I mean, I've I've had conversations with like the fifth string like corner for the Grizz who thinks he's going to the NFL, like things 100%. like that. Like it's just it's a. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like I always like self-evaluate myself like pretty well. well but right. some of these guys like just they they have an irrational view on how good they are. And I think coupled that with within feeling like they maybe could go Pac-12 or Mount West. You're coming to Montana, so you're like, all right, I'm gonna just worry about myself, try and be really good, put up some numbers, so then I can make it somewhere bigger, and then I can move on and, and get to the NBA. And I think that. Then they're not going to, you know, buy in, and especially at the mid-major level. It's not about level. the program. It's about them. Yeah, and, and at this level, that is kind of what you need, is you need that culture and that that team to, to buy in. And then so it's harder to do that. And then so the team is more of a mess. And then you have other guys. Tra- like, it just, it, it takes, like, the, the purity and the cohesiveness and the togetherness of, and the innocence, like, For sure. of college basketball. Like, that was what, like, one of the coolest things about college basketball is just like, it's more kind of pure of a game. It's more about team than, than, than one is single individual. And you, you just get the sense that it, we're kind of going away from that well, with this. And it's not, it's not anyone's like in particular's fault. Right. It's just kind of the system like is just set up in a way that this is what is going to happen. Well, so much of a system is it's systematic. Exactly. And that, and that's the unfortunate part about it. I mean, two points. One, it's why culture. It's why culture and and um, and winning and all of those things are are so important. But also relationships with your coaches. I, I'll say it. Tyler Hall had a, had an opportunity to go to Indiana after his sophomore year, and he had an opportunity to go to Illinois after his junior year. And he's from the Midwest. Those are Big Ten schools. Yeah. And, he, and he stayed loyal to Montana. I know Mike Ogine was getting called. I'm not going to say which schools. Saeed Pridget was Saeed getting, I mean, those guys were getting Pac-12 hours. Those guys could have gone back to schools in their homes, hometowns, and played, and they didn't. They stayed at, at Montana. But second point, how unfortunate it would have been if this culture had lasted for if this is how it had been for decades, because this might be how it will well, be for it, decades. But it's but it, and it's so much different than it was even just three uh, years ago. Uh, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. You don't think Larry Kostoviak? I mean, Larry Kostoviak when he wins the Big Sky MVP, he's a sophomore, he, and he's going to be a first round NBA draft pick. I mean, but Larry's from Montana, so that's a bad example. He was going to stay. He wanted to be a Grizz, whatever. But Damian Lillard's a great example. I mean, if the same culture was so prevalent now, even ten years ago. 
There, there's no way Lillard stays yeah, at Weber but even State. If, but, you know, for, there's a lot of Montana fans mostly that are listening to this. So, like, even if, if an Ogine or a Pridget, one of those guys leaves, like, that that team for those couple of years is nowhere near as special exactly. and as exciting. And, like, yes, if the kid needs to go and, and they think that that's better for their career and everything, right. like, I'm not saying, like, they can't do that. For sure. But it does, it would have... Like, that was such a special couple of years sure. that it would have been taken away. The Eastern Washington situation right now, too, is completely unique. Because of the coach leaving. The, the co- Shawte Leggins yeah. leaving and the fact that there's a lot of speculation that they yeah. might not even be Division One soon. That that would, I mean, you can't really blame those guys for taking out other opportunities. That's, that is a completely separate conversation than what we're having, the culture that yeah. exists in college basketball. So, is now, we're late. Of course, we're late. By the way, it's a Friday. I already had my Florence coffee for the day. I had a little uh, double shot espresso. Just got it down real quick. No, don't even need any mixers. Just hit me with the juice. But there's a Florence coffee company anywhere in Missoula near you. No matter where you're at in Missoula, there is a Florence coffee company near you. Get caffeinated. It's a Friday. You can stay up late. Have yourself a good night with a Florence Coffee from a Florence Coffee Company kiosk located somewhere in Missoula. No matter where you're at, there's a there's seven or eight of them. You can find them anywhere in the city of Missoula. We're talking NFL trades, NBA trades, and MLB, American League East, with Sean Rainey right here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Right for this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Not included in that sports center was the big news of the day. I recorded it about half an hour before the show, and then the news broke about 10 minutes before the show. Didn't have a chance to add it in there. Tanner Gross, Big Side Conference MVP from Eastern Washington. He's out. He's into the NCAA transfer portal. He and his brother Jacob are both into the portal. So that's four players total from Eastern Washington and 33 players from the Big Sky Conference into the NCAA transfer portal since the end of the Big Sky Conference tournament. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching statewide television, SWX Montana. SWX Montana Sports Director Sean Rainey is here with me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this every Wednesday, but Sean also is going to start singing by a little more uh, later on in the week as well. And uh, he'll be here heavily throughout the next week because we're going to continue doing our baseball previews. We broke down the uh, National League and American League West Earlier this week, we're going to do a little AL East here in about, oh, I'd say 15 minutes. But before that, a bunch of NFL trades went down today. I have been out and about, uh, as people know, my job from his little broadcasting company. I got to do a lot of sales, and uh, I've been gone for two and a half weeks, so I haven't been doing that. And uh, so I was meeting the clients and seeing some people today, and so I was not on the Twitter machine. I was not following what's going on. So this is in real time. My reactions, I have not heard anything. So what's going down in the NFL? And it was funny. I was like, what do you think about the NFL stuff? You're like, I don't know. What are you talking about? Like, so here we go. So the Miami Dolphins traded the number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers for their first round pick, number 12, a 2020 third rounder, a 
first rounder in 2022 and a first rounder in 2023. So the, the 49ers a lot. swapped a first, gave right. up two more firsts and a third to move up to number three wow. in the NFL draft. Because they want a quarterback. Well, obviously. I mean, you're going to take pick? a... Well, that's. The I thing. saw Zach Wilson has pro day today, and that that was one thing I did see on the Twitter machine. It sounded like that went really well. Well, everybody's pro day goes well, but totally. Yeah, <laughs> but but what's funny to me and interesting when I first saw it, I was like, well, obviously they're going up to get a quarterback, but they must really like all of the options because right. if you're at number three, right, you're at the mercy of what the Jets do. And, and, and we still think two. we still think Trevor Lawrence is going number one to the yeah. Jags, right? Okay, so Lawrence is out. So so the Jets have number two. So what are they going to do? Are they going to maybe trade Sam Darnold, trade that pick? Are they going to? Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Right. But either way, they're either going to take a quarterback, or they maybe trade down, trade down. Or, or you just never know. But well, whoever trades up is going to take a quarterback. Yeah, too, it's going right? to go quarterback, quarterback, and so you're number three. So you're getting the third quarterback off the board. And so if you're trading all of that to get that third pick, then it must mean that you like any of those top three options. Right. Regardless of who it is, which usually you don't see a team give up that much when it's not a for a specific per- – like I would get it to move up to number two because then you know who you want. Like if you really like Zach Wilson, you know that you are getting Zach Wilson. If right. you really like Zach Wilson in this, you don't know that you're going to get it. Well, I bet you they like back Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Or Fields. Or Fields. Yeah, I think knowing, someone said Mac Jones that they might take Mac Jones there. Whoa, which would be crazy. Knowing the system, I think that Wilson or Lance would be the best fits, right? I mean, I think, Shanahan I think style. Shanahan, I think and, anybody could fit there, but true. Oh, because they just run the rock and they have a good offensive line, and yeah, you're right. But um, okay, so after that though, twenty okay. like twenty minutes after that, okay, the Dolphins had the twelve pick right from the Niners. They traded that. To uh, move up to number six with the Eagles, okay, and gave up another you know late round pick. So so they swapped the Eagles and then the Eagles pick up another pick. Okay, so the Dolphins are now picking sixth overall. Interesting. And they swapped with the Eagles, which I thought I just thought was funny because I saw Phillies fans on Twitter being like, "So we intentionally lost the game against uh, Washington at the end to move up inside the top ten, and then we trade out of the top ten." Right. <laughs> It's so frustrating. It's kind of funny. But, I mean, you you get another pick along the way, but still it's funny. When is the NFL draft? I don't know. Sometime in uh, April. I, uh, I normally am, like, way more tuned in. Oh, like, me too, because usually you spend the whole time watching the combine and you know all the stuff. And th- there wasn't a combine well, this and, year. And, like, last year, you know, my team's the Chargers, and when they were picking five, sure. and it was like, are they going to pick Herbert or sure, sure. quarterback? Like, this one, like, you're, you're farther out of it, so you don't really follow as closely. But Totally. So here's what we're going to do. We're a little bit up against it, so we're going to – we are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. American League East and maybe some reactions on the trade deadline as well for the NBA. I love Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. We'll give you some updates on everything else that happened in the NBA. But more importantly, our third of six baseball previews all about the American League East. It's Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. 
What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a great Friday. We're having a great time over here on Nuanez Now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana, want to give us a call, 406-361-3688. You can also text that number. Love to have you be a part of the show. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me, Coulter Nuanez, here in studio. Time for our third, which will be the third of six, Major League Baseball previews. We're going division by division. We gave you the West, both the NOS and the AL West. Now, going out east, the American League East, the most hated division in baseball. And for the first time in a long time, the... I'm, I'm not going to say... I don't actually know if they're the favorite coming into this year, but the defending champ is not the Yankees. It's not the Red Sox. It's the Rays. Tampa Bay Rays went to the World Series a year ago, and uh, I don't know if a lot of people saw that coming. So where are we at with this division? Because you have to think that... Tampa Bay is going to have to do a lot of work to stay ahead because the Yankees and the Red Sox just got a license to print money. They're going to spend all the money in the world to try to catch the Rays, right? It's been pretty fascinating because the Rays are are going with this you know Raysian type of baseball where they're not paying players; they're trading them before they get to their second, third, or fourth year of arbitration, and like they did with you know Blake Snell, and uh, they're they're doing all these like crazy matchups and they're only throwing pitchers just a couple innings and things like that. And I think that just kind of perfectly was suited for a short 60 game season because you can kind of just mix and match and throw a bunch of dudes for, you know, shorter amount of times throughout a 60 game season. And I think you can get away with it more. I don't think that they are going to be able to get away with that as much in a full season. I think you got in a full 162 game season. I think you have to rely on your horses a little bit more. They obviously got rid of a Cy Young pitcher and uh, the Yankees kind of reloaded. They brought in a lot of pitching, whether those pitchers stay healthy in Corey Kluber, Jamison and Tyone. They got a bunch of question mark guys. Luis Severino will be coming back from Tommy John. They got some young guys as well that have some talent, but the Yankees lineup is is pretty nasty. Um, they brought as it has been. They they brought back DJ LeMahieu, and so I mean if if you have uh, if you have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton able to stay healthy, um, I mean they are you know one through seven or eight is is really gross. Like they they could have they legitimately could have. This is, this is obviously not probably going to happen, but they could have five dudes that hit forty home runs, like. Stanton is a 40 home run guy. Sure. Judge is a 40 home run guy. No question. Gary Sanchez could hit 40 home runs from the catcher position. Luke Voigt led the majors in home runs last year. Right. And Glaber Torres, their shortstop, has shown incredible power. He's a 30 home run guy. Who's the last team that had five guys in a single season hit 30 home runs? That's a good question. Toronto Blue Jays, I think, is the answer to that trivia question. Back in the day with uh, Carlos Delgado and um, who else they have? Brad Fulmer, guys like that. Uh, who, oh man, they, I, I, I'll get the answer to that. Anyways, carry on. Well, speaking of the Blue Jays, I mean, they are going to be, they're the, so it's funny. You got the Yankees. They're they're projected to win the division, um, win about 97 games. And then you have the the sexy chic pick in the Toronto Blue Jays who got George Springer. 
They have you know young up and coming talent in Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, and uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They got some they got some pitching, although not great. Um, in Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, trying to hope that they uh, can kind of piece it together. But you know after Hunjin Ryu, um, they have you know Pearson is a really young stud for them, but they they can absolutely rake. And that is going to be a, uh, a very interesting um, team. They've had some major injuries, though, in the spring training. George Springer's pretty banged up. Kirby Yates, their closer, who they signed, is out for the year. Um, so haven't gone out to a great start for uh, Toronto. And then you have the Rays, who are going to you know be the Rays. Like They'll be solid. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. And then, of course, the Red Sox, who... You know, sold off Mookie Betts for you know not a lot, and have uh, made some trades and things like that. But I, I think they will be okay. I think they're going to be better than than people think. Um, I think their their pitching will be okay. You get Eduardo Rodriguez back, who had to sit out last year with COVID. He got COVID and had some you know heart issues because of it. Um, but he he's a solid pitcher. You're probably going to get Chris Sale back midway through the year. Um, and, and their lineup should be, you know, pretty good as well. Um, and then you just have, you know, Baltimore out there who has like a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs <laughs> when the, the predict, predictions came out. Baltimore's going to struggle. They got some young players, and maybe in the future they could be good, but they're gonna, not going to be good this year. Um, so that's kind of the overall, like, division outlook. I, I like the Yankees to win the division just because I think they're the deepest. They have a good bullpen. I think they have... If their pitching can stay healthy, and of course they're the Yankees, so they will make moves at the deadline to make sure that they are are relevant. I, I think the Rays are going to take a step back, and I think the Blue Jays will take a step forward and be pretty solid, and I think the Red Sox will be better than they were last year. So I would go Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, and then Orioles. That, that would be my order for the AL East this year. The Answer to my trivia question, the only team in Major League history with five players to hit 30-plus home runs is the 2019 Minnesota Twins. Nelson Cruz, Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario, Mitch Garver, and Miguel Sano all hit 30-plus home runs that year. Mm-hmm. That year, they obliterated the all-time record for home runs in a season. It was 267 by the Yankees, which seemed like a record that would be hard to break, and then they broke it by 40 home runs. Like They hit 307 home runs. I saw them in Target Field that year, too. Did you? Yeah. How, I've, I have been. I had been to a game at the old Metrodome, but uh, I have not been to the new... Actually, yes, I have. I have been to the new Target Field. I, I went one game back when Joe Maurer was the star of the Twins. How... What, what, what did you think? That's a pretty sweet venue. I thought it was right? cool. Yeah, um, it, ended, it ended up being it was kind of a crappy game. They were playing the Indians, but like it was like a rain delay, so the game got delayed like two hours. So that always kind of puts a damper on stuff, especially like you know I was on vacation, so we had a, a good little pregame buzz going. We're perfect. We're ready to go mm-hmm, in the game, and mm-hmm. then it was like delayed for two hours. So we're just kind of like sitting on our thumbs, kind of just hanging out, waiting for the game to start. So then by the time the game starts, you're kind of just a little you know tired at that point. But it was a cool it was a cool spot. Before that, the Toronto Blue Jays, they did have four players that hit 30 home runs or more in the season. Carlos Delgado, Shannon Stewart, Jose Cruz Jr., and Brad Fulmer uh, in the same season. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk first with the Rays, the American League champions. What – I mean, they traded Blake Snell. How much did that hurt them, and what do they need – I mean – how much of a World Series hangover is there in baseball? Oftentimes we see it in football. 
especially with, I guess, both sides. Teams that make it to the Super Bowl and lose, oftentimes are big-time hangover. Teams that make it to the Super Bowl and win, sometimes they have a hangover as well. Is there such a thing like that in baseball? Maybe, but I don't. I don't really think with the Rays, just because the way that they kind of operate. Um, they're young. They kind of count lightning in a bottle. Yeah, they're just gonna. I mean, they're gonna do what they do. They're gonna like piece it together with the pitching staff. They're gonna manipulate how they get their innings. They have a lot of guys, you know, in that Snell deal. They got the Padres' second best pitching prospect, and so they'll bring guys up, send them down to the minors, bring them up, send them down to the minors. Do that kind of stuff. They have the number one prospect in all of baseball, Wander Franco, who's a shortstop, who's really, really good. He should be. I mean, he should be on the roster now. They're probably going to manipulate him, and he'll come up, you know, in a, a couple months or so. Um, they're just, you know, they're the Rays. They're kind of boring. I don't really think that they're good for baseball. I don't like how they operate. They don't keep players. Like it would suck. Imagine being a fan of the Rays and like. Bro, I'm a fan of the Indians. <laughs> well, you just named a bunch of players that play in the AL East. They used to play for the Indians. Yeah, well, that's Corey true. Kluber, like, w- wait till we get to the NL East. And my favorite but, Indian exactly, the last 10 but, years plays for the Mets. But, I mean, the Indians haven't necessarily always been as oh, bad. Oh, but like, yeah, We don't need to go down this tangent. But knowing, but, but knowing that, like, hey, I'm going to come up with a favorite player, and then, you know, well, he's only going to be with us for three years, and then they're going to get rid of him because they're not going to pay him. Like, it's just how would you ever become a fan well, of any of the, it's the, it's the It's the, it's the, besides the steroid scandal, it's the second thing that made me gravitate away from baseball because, me, yeah, me too. The, the like, small market teams, I mean, last year in the World Series, what, what was the statistic? The, the Dodgers' payroll was like $200 million more than the Rays. Yeah. I mean, weren't the Rays like the, one of the three lowest payrolls in the league, and the Dodgers are spending a quarter of a billion dollars on their roster? I mean, that's. That's Trevor, incredible disparity. I mean, Trevor Bauer's salary by itself is like is the Rays, as much is as much as the Rays, the Rays and like the, the Pirates and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And and as a Padres fan, I remember like Adrian Gonzalez was like my favorite player at first base. Yeah, and then of right. course you know that he's gonna, and then he goes to the Dodgers, and you're just like, of course, like it's hard. How do you, how are you supposed to be? So that's why I don't think it's it's good for baseball. Yeah. Um, as far as like that's why it's so fun when teams like. The Astros, I know they have a kind of a high payroll now, but when they build it from the farms, they get the Royals a couple years ago. That's fun, though, right? When they actually build it from the ground up and they actually develop guys and then go on a run. Mm-hmm. As far as um, uh, a surprise or like a breakout or bold thing to happen in this division, I'm going to go. I think, I think Vlad Jr. is going to take a huge step forward. And I think because he was an, a, a huge prospect. He was like the you know the best hitting prospect coming out yep. and he's kind of struggled the last couple of years compared to the expectations. I think he's going to vault himself into the MVP discussion in the American League. And I also think um maybe a name that you've never heard of in this division that uh that you will hear of is Bobby Dalbeck. He is the first baseman, okay, for the Boston Red Sox. I am going to go out on a limb and says and say that he hits over 40 home runs this year. Okay. So that is my bold prediction for the American League East. Okay. Well, it's going to be nauseating if the Yankees go out and become a super team again. I know they've been pretty good the last couple of years, but boo Yankees all the time. Doesn't matter. Boo the Yankees forever for life. That's the only I mean, it's just like tried and true. I don't even care. Hey, I, our TV went out at our station, so we get no TV right now. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's ironic. There's no TV at the Well, TV no, station. yeah. So, well, at our in our little sports section, we just have a cable box, like so we can get. We have all of our TVs with all of our local channels, sure. But we have it so we can get ESPN and all of the sports channels that we need. These guys sit there in three piece suits watching sports all night. Yeah, it's, it's the great. greatest job that ever yes. existed. And uh, <laughs> but that that our box is out, so 
I know that Vince Bagby, our producer, would be watching the show right now if that wasn't out, and he'd be loving you because he is the biggest Yankee hater I have. We, we're in a giant fantasy baseball league, and he will not have a Yankee on his team. So this is why I struggle with fantasy football, man. Like I can't, I can't draft Packers and Bears. I can't. It's just, it's why I suck at fantasy football. I, I get his, I get where he's coming from. And also doing this radio show, it's hurting my fantasy, by the way. So you're what? you're welcome because last because now yeah. you're giving everybody all the info. No, yesterday I was talking about the A's and how I was kind of down on the A's, and I'm tr- I have an A's pitcher and I'm trying to trade him, and the guy was listening to us on the radio. He's like. You're, you're trying to sell me this picture and trading it, but I heard you on the radio just bashing on the A's saying they're not going to be any good. So, Coulter, you're, this this radio show and coming on is hurting my fantasy. And so, well, and that's you know how important that is to me. It so is I very don't important to, to Sean. On. No, this is important to everybody out there. You're giving all the people the information that they want. This is awesome. We will continue our uh, Major League Baseball previews. We'll probably knock out the other three divisions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday is opening day. So, we'll probably do a big blowout for that, too. Uh, Sean will either come on via in studio or on the phone, and we'll give you a full lay of the land and maybe some more predictions but uh, this has been fun. Thanks so much for providing the info my man and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Hour one in the books hour two coming at you hot. Talking all things spring football for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats. Brooks Nuanis, SkylineSportsMT.com Gonna hop on. We'll talk Groves Bros in the transfer portal. Grizz football, Bobcat football and much more. Stick it right here 1029 ESPN Missoula. Listen to Nuanas now. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.